We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye hitting you with a solo recap of the Nets' loss to the OKC Thunder, 112-102. Apologize for the delay. Life is a little bit more complicated with baby Nico, and yesterday was my wife's birthday, so happy birthday, Cynthia. But let's jump into last night's game, and as always, you can find the Buzz on all streaming platforms. And this was a disappointing loss. You know, after facing Boston the first game after KD being out, you know, you're okay with that one, given Boston's stature in the league and the players they have and some of the struggles the Nets had in that game, some little hiccups. But going against OKC, you expected a better performance and I think a little bit more energy and a little bit more tenacity from the team and guys to improve their play. Obviously disappointing that Ben Simmons was a late scratch with back soreness. Obviously the injuries for Ben have been all over the place this season. You know, he's had back soreness, he's had knee soreness. So something to just keep an eye on and, you know, it's hard to win without two of your top five players, you know, KD being the best, Ben somewhere between, you know, some nights three, some nights five, some nights even less. But this isn't about Ben Simmons. This is about the team underperforming against OKC. And I think one issue that instantly stuck out in this loss was just OKC's thunder ability to drive in this game you know no matter who was on the court and the Nets obviously being forced to play smaller lineups with Katie and Ben being out two of their lead forwards they're relying more on guards or even guard forward tweeners like you know Joe Harris and it was easy for an array of different guys we know how good SGA is you know he's been one of the best guards in the league this season Josh Giddy has really improved especially over the last couple of weeks but Lou Dort was able to get in the paint you know Jalen Williams was able to get in the paint you know guys off the bench were knocking down shots and just being active and playing with a level of energy that the Nets role players weren't and I think this has been a theme sometimes, especially against lesser teams. Maybe not as much since Jacques Vaughn's taken over, but when Nash was the coach, you know, some of these performance against young teams that lack a ton of big names, guys don't come and play with the necessary energy. You know, they're not coming with that level of tenacity and, you know, trying to lock things up and end the game early. They allowed OKC to kind of hang around the entire game, you know, take the lead at different points and then they were able to land you know a 10 point lead in the third quarter of this game and by the time the fourth came around 
OKC had a 10-point lead of their own and were able really coasting because they got hot from three. And yeah, guys like Lou Dort shot five of seven and Isaiah Joe shot three of four. But there was also a lot of guys who didn't shoot well because OKC was only 12 of 31 from deep. It was really just the lack of ability of a lot of the Nets guards and wings to stay in front of the guys and, you know, the guys in front of them. You know, they just did not do a great job staying in front of ball handlers. The point of attack defense was super reliant on Nick Claxton, who did a great job when he had opportunities to block shots, but he was asked to do a lot in this game considering how many guys were just getting blown by or not even blown by, just allowing guys to get in spots they wanted to be in. And another thing that stuck out in this game defensively was even when the Nets forced OKC to pick up the dribble, they never really looked uncomfortable. You know, they never felt like the ball was going to be stolen. They were able to be patient, you know, pivot around, end up with a layup, end up with a pass to an open teammate. And that's just not the level of defense this team is going to need with Kevin Durant being out and especially Ben Simmons being out as well. Uh, offensively, you know, there were just struggles in the game from the point of not having enough creators. You know, obviously we know Kyrie Irving can create. He had a rough game, which we'll jump into a little bit. But after that, you know, you're depending on Seth Curry a lot. And Seth is more of a fringe creator. You know, he's more of a secondary ball handler or somebody who's going to create off of an advantage for himself. Luckily, you know, knock down some shots. You know, TJ Warren wasn't as aggressive and included as he probably should be in a night where Ben and Katie are both out. And other guys are just limited. You know, Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal. They're not going to create a ton off the dribble. Utah Watanabe, not going to create a ton off the dribble. We know what Patty Mills is limited to at this point. Edmund Sumner wasn't very good in this game. So just a lot of guys underperforming in a matchup where, you know, you you expect the Nets to win. You know, OKC's been playing really well the last couple weeks, but you expect them to win and take care of, you know, home court and, you know, try to maintain their spots spot in the standings. And uh, OKC finished with 48 points in the paint, which isn't an insane number, but considering their limitations from three, especially with a lot of the guys they play, you would expect it'd be an easier job to lock things down in the paint, and which OKC did a better job, especially late in the game. You know, early on, you saw Nick Claxton really eating, but as the game progressed, it felt like OKC was doing a better job of, you know, making life difficult for Kyrie Irving, just shading off of guys and forcing others to create or hit shots but getting to Kyrie obviously the game against Boston wasn't very good but he hasn't played well against Boston since game one of the postseason last year so that that wasn't super surprising especially considering the defense and the length they had but in this game played 38 minutes finished with 15 points with 7 of 20 from the field 1 of 7 from 3 6 rebounds 6 assists 1 steal 1 block 3 turnovers and Lou Dort really did a great job. You know, a physical defender would size, got into him. But as I mentioned, you know, a lot of shading from OKC, just a lot of bodies in the paint. And I think Kyrie was frustrated again by the end of this game, similar to Boston. You know, instead of kind of playing patient and under control and taking good shots, you know, he relied on taking some tough looks. And there was also looks in this game that he just didn't knock down. You know, numerous threes were good looks. There was a couple of jumpers that he hits almost on a nightly basis. It's It just wasn't a great game for him, but the Nets can't afford him to have bad games right now. You know, they need to win, and he's clearly the best player uh, right now and clearly their best creator right now. And not having him, you know, play his best basketball, and I think it's it's more than just missing shots. I think some of it is, you know, not being the focal point when Kevin Durant's out there and it's a little bit easier and you're not relied upon as much to run the offense and make other guys better. And I think, yes, he had six assists, but the Nets are going to need, 
you know, eight, eight assists, 10 assists on nights when Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant are both out. So Kyrie just has to be better overall. And it, he doesn't have to be better the entire season. You know, it just, he just needs to be better for this stretch, you know, especially with KD out and if Ben's out more, it's going to need even a more of an uptick. And I think Vaughn can do a better job of alleviating maybe some of his ball handling duties. And maybe that's playing a guy like Cam Thomas, who hasn't been good this season, but can, you know, give Kyrie a break, bring the ball up once in a while, and also can get a shot up where Kyrie doesn't have to create for the entire offense and create for the other four players on the floor. And that's just going to be a recipe for disaster unless, you know, TJ Warren can start stepping up and get a little bit more aggressive and Vaughn maybe call some more plays for him, get him some post-ups against smaller guards or whatever it might be. But right now, you can see flaws of this roster, which was obviously going to happen with Kevin Durant being out and Ben Simmons being day-to-day right now. It's just they're more glaring when you're missing your best player. But at the same time, maybe that gives the Nets ownership and front office a little kick in the butt to go out and make that move. Go out and, you know, make a trade and add, you know, a a guard, a, a forward, a wing, whatever it is. Maybe it's Kyle Kuzma. Maybe it's Alec Burks. You know, guys that Jack and I have talked about, they've been a hot topic on Nets Twitter lately, but we'll see what happens. It's a little bit under a month from the trade deadline. So, Need need uh, Sean Marks to start making some of those calls. But moving on from Kyrie Irving, getting to Nick Claxton, finished with 17 points, played 33 minutes, 7 of 10 from the field, 3 of 6 from the free throw line, 13 rebounds, 5 offensive, 4 blocks, 3 turnovers. You know, Clax doing his thing. You know, Clax even had a couple more plays where maybe he's experimenting with you know, KD being out, trying to get some takes to the rim. He had that beautiful up and under finish for a center, which is kind of ridiculous. Uh, I think trying to even run a play or two for him, you know, getting him moving in space. And I think he also has to be okay maybe missing more shots. You know, there was a play late in this game in the fourth quarter where he kicked it out to Royce O'Neal, who's who's been not super aggressive from three and probably could have just taken the layup over Josh Giddy, you know, body him in in there. So I think Clax, it wasn't his best game, but he still was probably the best net out there, at least in terms of our expectations for him going game to game. Uh, moving to Royce O'Neal, 11 points, 4 of 10 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3, 1 of 2 from the free throw line, 10 rebounds, 2 offensive, 8 assists, 1 steal. Royce obviously picking up more of the ball handling duties, similar to when Kyrie was on suspension. You know, you saw Royce handle the ball, run a little bit more pick and roll. You know, eight assists is great. Um, Still going to probably need him to be a little bit more aggressive when it comes to shooting. You know, there was times in the fourth quarter where he turned down good shots where he needs to take them. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Uh, But overall, Royce was okay defensively, had his hot and cold moments. You know, SGA is never going to be a guy that, is a good matchup for Royce O'Neal because he is so quick and shifty and has such an array of step back and fadeaways. But, you know, he did enough. Joe Harris, a guy that we talked about when KD went out, that needs to step up. And Joe had a good game uh, against Boston, but this game against OKC wasn't good enough, including two miss, uh, big threes in the fourth quarter. And you just need him to hit those shots, especially if he's not really doing anything else. You know, three of nine from the field, two of eight from three, so only one two-point attempt limited drives in this game against a team that doesn't have an elite shot blocker. So you would hope maybe Joe could step it up a little bit in the next game or the next couple weeks in terms of scoring, you know, getting back to knocking down his threes at a consistent rate, but also finding some opportunities to get to the rim and hit some shots. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Moving on from Joe Harris to the final starter in Edmund Sumner. Got the start with Ben being out. Finished with four points, four fouls, one of four from the field, two of two from the free throw line, two rebounds, three assists, one block, one turnover. Only played about 13 minutes, a little actually probably closer to 12. Wasn't a great game from Sumner. Missed some shots he typically makes. Did bring, you know, that athleticism, but the foul trouble kept him off the floor, especially with his lack of three-point shooting. As mentioned, the way OKC was playing Kyrie, they needed to kind of find him some spacing. So maybe with some more minutes moving forward and being part of the rotation, he can kind of find his role. Moving to the bench, Utah Watanabe finished with five points, two of six on the field, 0 of two from three, one of two from the free throw line, five rebounds, two assists. I did think the two assists were nice. You know, that was an improvement in his game. You know, the driving kicks, getting run off the three-point line. He made some good passes. I think uh, Utah also did a nice job when he was denying the ball from SGA. You know, didn't necessarily do an amazing job of defending him when he had the ball, but he did enough to disrupt him without the ball to take him out of his game for a little bit. And he was quiet for the third, but got picked up in the fourth, and that's when he, OKC did a better job of getting him the ball and also... The Nets elected to put Royce O'Neal on SGA in a lot of those moments. Moving to Markeith Morris, played about six minutes, fed four points, uh, two rebounds, one assist. Wasn't great, wasn't bad, kind of just did his thing and filled in those six minutes. Uh, TJ Warren played about 22 minutes, nine points, three of eight from the field, two of four from three, including a four-point play, uh, one of three from the free throw line, three rebounds, one assist, did have one turnover. Again, TJ's a guy that I think could get a little bit more evolved, but Some of that's his lack of aggression, and I think that he's still not fully comfortable being on the court. You know, a lot of times you see him take minimal contact and end up on the ground. You know, you want to see him get back to playing, you know, more physically imposing. You know, there were stretches when he was in Phoenix and Indiana where he was more of a physical player. And I think when he gets back to playing with that level of physicality, you'll start to know that his feet are fully under him and he's fully back to being confident on the court. And it's not ideal that he's not producing a great amount of numbers consistently, but hopefully in the long run, this stretch of more minutes and opportunities will get him back to the level the Nets will need him for the postseason run. Because you can still see the elements of his game and how he could be such an important piece for them down the stretch with his ability to create and knock down that three-point shot. And I think you know moving forward in this next couple of games without Kevin Durant and potentially Ben, 
you need to ask TJ to do more. Maybe that's get him a couple more post-ups against smaller guards. Ask him to create a little bit more for himself. Put him in some different situations to allow him to excel. Uh, moving on to a guy who has excelled recently has really stepped up, and that's been Seth Curry offensively. Finished with 23 points, 9 of 15 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3, 2 of 2 from the free throw line, 2 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal. And Seth is awesome offensively, and he's creating more than he should. You know, and that's not his fault. That's the Nets, the Nets asking him to do it. But he's knocking down tough mid-rangers. He's, you know, hitting his threes. He's doing what's asked of him. It's just defensively, there's a ton of limitations to him, Seth Curry. I mean, to himself, Patty Mills, Kyrie Irving. Just playing any combination of those guys is going to hurt you defensively, especially without having Kevin Durant or Ben to clean up some of those mess. You know, Clax can do a lot, but he can't do everything on his own, especially when he's getting pulled to defend somebody else or contesting a shot. There's not necessarily that secondary help. And that's where the Nets are going to struggle because of the bad on-ball defense and the, the lack of physicality from some of their guards and forwards. But moving to Patty, you know, kind of the same story for him. Six points, two of seven field, two of six from three. When he's not, not knocking down his three at a really good rate, it's hard to keep him on the floor, and it's even harder to keep him on the floor when you're playing smaller lineups. When he's out there with, you know, Ben, KD, and Clax, or a combination of, you know, those guys, you can hide him a little bit more. But putting him out there with other guards and forwards, it's going to be a problem. Uh, moving to Dayron Sharp, played about six minutes all coming in the second half, finished with zero points, two rebounds, one assist, one block. You know, Sharp has the physicality, he has the rebounding, but he also has the limitations to his game offensively. And, you know, the Nets at this time do need offense, but they do need rebounding. So it's about Vaughn trying to find the perfect balance for a lot of these lineups that the Nets are playing. And when you're missing a guy like Kevin Durant, who is so versatile and can check so many boxes, it's going to be inc incredibly difficult to adapt. And then, you know, to add to that, Ben missed tonight's game. We don't know how many games he's going to miss in the future. That's a problem, too, because he, again, is a versatile defender at the least. You know, he can defend multiple positions. He's pretty good on his on-ball defense, can, you know, take too many risks here or there. But at the end of the day, you know, missing two of your top five players and one being your best in Kevin Durant, guys are going to have to step up. And the Nets really didn't get enough of that. And I think Vaughn talked about it when KD went down. They're going to have to be a better three-point shooting team. 12 of 41 from three and missing a lot of good looks. As I mentioned, Kyrie Irving, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris. You know, Seth Curry was reasonable at three of eight. TJ Warren was fine at two of four. Patty Mills, two of six. You know, if you're playing, you need, the Nets need him to probably go at least three of six, three of seven, whatever it is. And 41 attempts is a good amount of generation. And it wasn't really a, a lot of contested looks. It's just guys not hitting shots. And I think you're seeing just the problems and the limitations, as I mentioned before, with the lack of playmaking. And maybe that's Cam Thomas. Maybe that's making a trade sooner than later. But the Nets need to adapt. You know, the Spurs coming up, that's a get-right game. Guys can get confident. But that's going to maybe be the easiest game of the stretch without Kevin Durant. So what are they going to do? How's Vaughn going to get the best of these guys? Is someone else getting in the rotation? Is somebody taking on a bigger role? Is, you know, TJ Moore getting more shots? Is Kyrie becoming more of a facilitator? Is Igor calling more plays for Vaughn? You know, how are they going to generate uh, efficient offense? Because with Kevin Durant, you know, one of the most efficient offenses in the league. Obviously, the shot diet hasn't been great. And that's starting to show a little bit more, you know, especially when you have a guy like Durant who's getting the attention of all five defenders on the floor. You know, now it's a lot of one-on-one -on -one or I, I just have to stop this guy. And even Kyrie, you know, Lou Dort did a great job of disrupting him on his own. But then with the additional help, 
it was a tough night. A lot of, you know, physicality and earning his spots and earning his shots. And it just wasn't necessarily, you know, the prettiest brand of basketball. And I think also defensively, another thing that sticks out, only eight turnovers for OKC. The Nets just didn't really do a great job, you know, forcing them and disrupting them and getting out in transition. And that's going to happen without two of your best defenders. But at the same time, you got to step up. And I, as I mentioned to start the show, I think the physicality and the energy wasn't good enough. You're going to have to turn up a little bit more if you want to win these games without Kevin Durant because of how great he is and how much he's done for this team and how many flaws he picks up for them. So it's there's a there's a lot of guys that need to play better, and that's been known since Durant went down. Will they step up? That's a big question. And, you know, I think we had a report from um, – Woj over the weekend talking about, you know, the Nets wanted to see how these guys play over the stretch without KD and that could influence the moves they make at the deadline. You know, I think if a guy's not playing well in this stretch when you needed him to step up, it becomes a lot easier to trade him and it showcases, you know, what could be an issue down the line. You know, let's say Durant gets in foul trouble or Durant, you know, has to miss a game because he sprains an ankle or something like that. You don't feel good about this team beating anyone in the playoffs without Durant for even one game or even having a competitive series. So, that's that's where a uh, competitive game. That's where uh, Sean Marks needs to do a job on this roster and add, at the very minimum, that f- that final piece. You know, at least some something to the bench. You know, maybe it's Alec Burks, maybe it's Nas Reed, maybe it's ideally a Kyle Kuzma level player. But right now, we really don't know what they're looking to do. They've been mentioned a couple of different rumors, but at the end of the day. These guys have to step up for the time being and try to get some wins because you do want to maintain that top four spot in the Eastern Conference. Right now, they're still in number two, a half a game above Milwaukee and Philadelphia and only a game above Cleveland at number five and only three games above the Knicks. So there has to be a level of urgency with this team. And it's on the guys out there and the coaching staff in the front office to make sure that happens. But as always, big thanks everybody for listening. Check the buzz on all stream platforms. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com